This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Together, we are learning how to make love and marriage better. Fixing up a house may require you to see past what a house is and realize the potential that it has instead. Likewise, you may have to look past the problems in your marriage and take deliberate steps to change things. Many marriages today have a broken and useless love, a love that is defined by selfishness and unrealistic expectations. Join us as we learn together how to change the love in your marriage with thoughtful and calculated ways. Be sure to visit fixeruppermarriage.org to follow along with the show notes and enjoy additional content. If this podcast is a blessing to you, consider leaving feedback on our website or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. So here it is, how you can become deliberate in your love, realizing the potential of your fixer up. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good work, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Marriage is one of those things where if you want it to be right, if you want your marriage to be good, you're going to have to put forth the effort to make it that way. Instead of letting things happen in your marriage, instead of just being casual in your approach to marriage, Take deliberate actions to add good works to your love. Today, we're going to talk about how to become deliberate in your love. According to MiriamWebster.com, deliberate as an adjective means the following. Number one, characterized by or resulting from careful and thorough consideration. Two, characterized by awareness of the consequences. And three, slow unhurried and steady as though allowing time for decision on each individual action involved. Synonyms of this word include advised, calculated, considered, knowing, measured, reasoned, studied, thoughtful, thought out, weighed. So being deliberate means to make conscious choices that would help your marriage, to think about your actions in light of how they're going to affect your marriage and make deliberate choices to improve your marriage. The three ways to become deliberate in your love. Number one, be deliberate in the pursuit of your spouse. Be deliberate in the pursuit of your spouse. Listen to this in Romans chapter five and verse number eight. The Bible says the following, for God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Consider the picture that we have in Scripture of Jesus pursuing us. His pursuit is not motivated by what I do, but what he thinks about me. Even though I feel unworthy of those thoughts that he has toward me, even though I feel unworthy of his love, and by the way, I am unworthy and you are too, he still loves me for who I am. He still pursues me. He still puts forth the effort to pursue a love and a relationship with me. Before I knew him, he knew me and sought after me. He even died for me. 
when I was a sinner, and by the way, I still am a sinner, he gave himself for me. I remember the night when I felt the Spirit of God pulling on my heart, and I felt the promptings of his Spirit, and they drew me to Christ, and they drew me to a saving faith in Jesus. And I remember when I made that choice to love him back, and everything in my life changed because I put my faith and my trust in him. The pursuit that he had for me ended in this incredible relationship that I have. And when I'm together with him, when I am fellowshipping with him, when my relationship with him is what it should be, it's just like me and him. No one else in the world is with us. It's just the two of us together. And your spouse in the same way is worth the pursuit of your love. It's worth the investment of your time and your effort and your deliberate intentions to do things to pursue the love of your spouse. Look your best for your spouse. To pursue that love, look your best for your spouse. As a wife, you don't have to look perfect. You just have to be his. Your best is enough to satisfy your husband because God planned it that way. You don't have to be Barbie. You just have to be you for your husband. Give the best that you have for your spouse. You remember what it was like when you were dating or courting? I remember when I dated my wife and I would go to see her and my vehicle would be absolutely spotless. I mean, the rims would be perfect on my truck and everything was completely wiped down and clean. Sometimes I would have to go buy a new shirt so that I would look nice for her. I would comb my hair just the perfect way. I wouldn't have any hair sticking out or out of place. And I just wanted to look my best because I was trying to pursue my would-be wife, Amber. I was trying to impress her. I was trying to pursue a love with her. And it was the same way with her. I mean, she always looked her best for me. And she always had everything done just right because we were pursuing one another. But somehow, in some way, as we go through marriage and life together, that pursuit seems to just kind of fall away. It just kind of fades out of view. And where we pursued each other when we're dating, after we've been married for a while, it's like we have each other now and we just get used to the life that we have and we don't continue that pursuit of love. And it hurts our marriage. It keeps our marriage from being what it could be if we would just learn how to pursue each other. But if we make those deliberate choices, if we do thought out deliberate things to improve that pursuit of love, it changes everything in your marriage. Love and passion is something that has to be pursued. Love and passion must be pursued. The following are practical ways to pursue your spouse. For the wife, you could wear his favorite outfit. You could dress up for him. You know, sometimes women like to dress up to go to uh, Walmart or they want to look their best just to go to the grocery store. Why don't you put that effort into looking nice for your husband? And how about this one? Cook your husband's favorite meal. You know, I hope my wife is listening to this because I want her to cook me my favorite meal. It's so awesome when my wife notices and cares enough to cook something for me that she knows that I would like. 
And all men like this, all men like to be, that I know of, like to be complimented. Pay your husband compliments and it will reward, bring great dividends in your marriage. It would be a great way to pursue love and passion. It would be a great deliberate way of doing that. If you just notice things about him that you can compliment things that he does well and be sincere in your compliments and just tell him what a great job he does in certain areas, maybe by providing for your family what a great job he does or the way that he um, does things for you or the way he keeps maintains the house or the car or the yard. Just notice the things that he puts forth the effort to be good at and compliment him on those things and it will go a long way in deliberately pursuing that love that you should have for each other. But practical ways to pursue this love relationship with your spouse. How do you deliberately pursue that love? For the husband, why you could purchase her favorite flowers. I mean, it just means something when you can go to the store and pick out that favorite flower that she has. And But you know what? Just knowing what that favorite flower is and taking the time and the effort to get that for her. You know what? When we dated, it wasn't so hard to get flowers, was it? I remember bringing something in my hand. Many times when I dated my wife, I would have something with me, be it a stuffed animal or a flower or some creative way to show that I loved her and I, I cared for her and I wanted to be with her because we were pursuing love and we should continue to pursue that love even after we get married. How about this? Buy her her favorite chocolates. I mean, I don't know what it is about chocolates. I don't know who invented chocolate. I don't know exactly the process of how it's made, but it absolutely does amazing things in marriage. My wife could be upset with me and I'm sorry and apologetic, but if I bring to her her favorite chocolate, it just smooths over everything. Chocolate is a miracle worker in marriage. But get her her favorite chocolate that you know that this is a chocolate that your wife likes and you got that for her. It's just a way of practically pursuing love. Plan a date night. You know, it wasn't hard to plan a date night when you were dating. Plan a date night. Plan a date together just to get away and pursue love with one another. Plan a getaway, a time to be away from life and from the kids and from the stress of daily life. Purchase her something special, maybe that piece of jewelry that she's wanted for so long or that item that she's really wanted and you know that she wanted. You've noticed there's something that she wants and you make a sacrifice and you purchase that for her. That's a practical way of pursuing love. When you both are pursuing love, you discover this incredible relationship. It's just the two of you and no one else when we're pursuing love like we should. God made marriage something incredible that you can enjoy every day with each other. It doesn't have to be a second-rate marriage. It doesn't have to fade. But you can deliberately pursue your spouse and have that love that you should have. But number two, be deliberate in protecting your covenant. Be deliberate in protecting your covenant. In Genesis chapter 2, in verse 21, listen to these words from the Bible. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. 
And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So in the beginning, way back in the beginning, God made man and woman and he put them together. They were alone in this world. There was only one woman for Adam. And there was only one man for Eve. And this gives us a principle for marriage that there should only be one person to share your life with, and that is with your spouse. There is only one woman for you, sir, and that is your wife. There is only one man for you, ma'am, and that is your husband. Be deliberate in protecting your covenant. Protect your covenant with your ears. Use your ears to protect your covenant. Listen to each other like there is no one else in the world that you care about. There is something incredibly intimate about listening to each other like no one else exists in the world. To think that out of 7.7 billion people in the world, you have each other to share your lives with every day. Stop what you're doing, put down your phone, turn off the, the television, and just stop and listen to each other. Pay attention to one another. Know the details of your spouse like there is no one else in the world. What are the things that your spouse likes? What are his or her greatest fears? What are his or her greatest hopes and dreams? Know these things about your spouse. Let your spouse have your full attention. Deliberately make an attempt to listen to what they are telling you. Deliberately make an attempt to listen to what they are not telling you. Sometimes what your spouse is not saying means a whole lot more than even what they are saying. You know, if your wife isn't speaking to you, sir, there may be a reason for that. If your husband is not speaking to you, there may be a reason why they're not talking. And maybe you should have their attention. Maybe you should pay attention to their needs and their desires and the things, their fears and the things that they're going through in their life. But protect your ears Protect your eyes. Protect your eyes. The husband's eyes should only be filled with his wife, and the wife's eyes should only be filled with her husband. Stop and consider the progression of pornography. Let's take just a second to think about the progression of pornography over the years. At first, it was magazines, and they had to be purchased, and a man would have to hide those things somewhere. And then with the rise of high-speed internet Pornography could easily secretly be viewed in the privacy of homes. With the rise of high-speed internet, it could secretly be viewed in the privacy of a house and maybe hid on a computer somehow or that history deleted or secretly done while your spouse is in bed. And now, with the proliferation of smartphones, it's something handheld device in your hand that there's this world of iniquity and these opportunities of sin and pornography that can just take over your life and consider that impact of pornography on your marriage. You know, it pulls you in by offering you something more than the last thing you saw. 
why this next thing you're going to click on is going to be even more. It's going to give you even like a high. It's going to give you even more of a thrill than what you had before. And it destroys what God intends for you, for your mind to focus on. You can't be happy with just a regular relationship. You have to have something new and different all the time. But you know what? If you have the right mindset, if you have a mindset that's pleasing with God, you can be happy with a regular relationship that you have in your marriage or that you can have in your marriage the way that God intends for you to have. Job lived in a completely different time. I mean, things were totally different back then, but he had a commitment that is desperately needed today. Listen to what he said in Job 31 in verse one, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? So Job says, I have made this covenant with my eyes and I'm not going to let my mind think on someone else. I'm not going to let my mind think on a woman who is not my wife. I'm not going to meditate on those things. Let your spouse be the only person who fills your eyes and God will give you a contentment and a satisfaction and a fulfillment that the things of this world, the things that Satan, these traps that he's made can never give you. Protect your eyes and this will protect the covenant that you have in marriage, it's the deliberate thing that you do. Think about what the things that you're doing, think about the impact that's going to have on your marriage and your relationship with your spouse. Protect your rings. Only flirt with your spouse. I don't know what it is, but it seems so prevalent in the workplace for a man who's married to flirt with a woman on the job or a woman who's married to flirt with a man on the job. And maybe it makes us feel like we're still attractive or that we could uh, somehow be attractive to someone else. But you know what? The only person you should flirt with is your spouse. Consider the impact of your actions on your marriage. You know, we send these text messages to each other. My wife and I sometimes will send these gifts to one another, these like uh, video text messages to one another. And sometimes they'll be flirty in the way we send them. But you know what? You don't send those type of things to someone who's not your spouse. You don't do that because you want to protect the covenant that you have in your marriage. You want, you want to be deliberate in the things that you do. You don't, you want to be deliberate. How is this? Ask yourself, how is this going to affect my marriage? Hug your spouse not everyone else. You know, with guys, it's not that big a deal. I don't, I don't go around and hug all my friends all the time. You know, I don't show up at work and hug. I don't come to church and start hugging on all the guys that are my friends. It's just not a, a thing with guys. But with ladies, it's something special to have. My wife really enjoys it when I just put my arms around her and I hug her. That's something that we share together. It's something that God intended for me to share with my spouse, hug your spouse and not everyone else. Stop for a second and think about what you're doing before you put your arms around a lady that's not your wife. Protect that covenant. Take steps. You see, that sounds extreme. But you know what? You need to make extreme measures if you're going to protect the covenant that you have in marriage and protect your eyes and not be caught up in the things of this world, these movies and all these things that everyone else is doing. You know what? Then maybe that's why the divorce rate is so high because everyone else is doing those things. But you're going to do something different because you want to be deliberate in your marriage. 
You want to be deliberate to protect that covenant that you have with your wife. And number three, be deliberate in your cooperation. Be deliberate in your cooperation. Learn to value the opinion of your spouse. Let what your spouse thinks matter to you. I think about the wife that you would see who would just kind of dismiss her husband, just kind of treat him like he's not important, like what he thinks really doesn't matter. And the husband, we see this all the time, or I see this all the time, where a husband just kind of dismisses the importance of his wife, like she's not important, like she doesn't matter. What she thinks is really not that important to him. But that's not the way to have a good marriage. Be deliberate in your cooperation. Learn the value of the opinion of your spouse. Learn to value what your spouse thinks. Learn to submit to one another. The Bible says submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21. No, God did not intend for you to just kind of domineer over your spouse, but to love and to cherish one another. And that's, by the way, what you probably vowed on your wedding day, to love and to cherish. But God wants you to love and cherish, not to be domineering over your, your spouse. I know some women who are just domineering over their husbands. I mean, my pastor for many years ago, he used to talk about a henpecked husband and how that husband would just get on the bedpost and crow like a rooster. I mean, crow like a, get on like a big hen up on the edge of the bed. But you know, that's in a way that's true. Sometimes a wife just kind of is domineering over her husband. And for whatever reason, maybe something in her past or maybe the way she was raised and she thinks that's the way things are supposed to be. But no. That's not the way things are supposed to be. The wife's not to dominate or be domineering over her husband. And the husband, by the way, is not to be domineering over his wife. I know, uh, I've known men over the years who have been domineering over their wives, and you can tell that it really just diminishes their wives as a person. I mean, it really demeans them in a terrible way. You could just tell it really hurts them deeply. But you know what? When you love your wife, when you cherish your wife, when you honor her, that means you're giving respect to her and you value what she thinks. Jesus submitted to God. The husband submits to Jesus and the wife submits to her husband. It's just a simple formula that God has made where everyone is submitted to someone else in the line that we have of marriage. And the wife, of course, is supposed to submit to her husband. But then we submit to one another. We submit to those roles that God has given us. And the husband is the leader of the home, and he's to lead his wife in an honoring way, in a way that cherishes her, in a way that respects what she thinks, not just what you want all the time. It's not just you, you don't get your way, so you're angry and you're mad and you're pitching a fit because you didn't get your way, but it's you're leading in a gentle and kind. The way that Jesus leads us, right? He leads us. He cares about us. He loves us. He pursues us. He cherishes us. He doesn't force us to do anything, does he? No, he doesn't. He convinces us through his Holy Spirit, and he convicts us and shows us gently the right way to go, and he leads us and guides us. In the same way, the husband should lead his wife in love and respect and honor 
You know, in, in submitting to your role, you treasure and value the thoughts and feelings of your spouse. Learn to submit to one another. Be deliberate in your cooperation. Learn to become us instead of just you. Let it be we instead of me. If it was all about you, why in the world did you get married? If you thought your life was just going to be all about what you wanted and what you desired and the way you wanted things to be, why in the world did you seek after a wife? And why did you seek after a husband, ma'am? Why did you seek these things if you thought your life was just going to be all about you? But as you fulfill your role in marriage, you become like a team. You become like a team that works together to accomplish the will of God for your lives together. One reason you can't solve conflict in your marriage is because you can't see past your selfish wants and desires and needs. But if you can see past those things and you can see the us in your relationship instead of the you, if you can see the we instead of the me, you can resolve conflicts in your marriage because you love and cherish one another. So in conclusion, how you can become deliberate in your love, number one, be deliberate in the pursuit of your spouse. That's so critical in the day we live in to pursue your spouse to every day. Seek to pursue that love relationship with him, with your wife or your husband, ma'am. Be deliberate in protecting your covenant. Take deliberate steps to protect that covenant that you made with your wife and that covenant that you made with your husband, ma'am. When you put that ring on each other's fingers. I mean, it just means something. Protect that covenant. Cherish that covenant. I respect the covenant that I have too much with my wife to flirt with someone else. I respect that covenant too much to allow my eyes and my mind to be overtaken with the sins that are so prevalent in our day today. Number three, be deliberate in your cooperation. Be deliberate in your cooperation. Learn how to resolve your conflicts by working together as a team and fulfill those roles that you have biblically through Scripture. Fulfilling those things, you learn to cooperate with one another. God wants you to be deliberate in your marriage. And guess what? God has something amazing planned for your marriage. 